1: how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's
2: the Score North Twin Show.
0: All right, boys. Time for the Twins Transaction Scoreboard here. The Twins Off-Season Moves Scoreboard. Who's outgoing? Who's coming in? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear update it. the audience. Yeah, it's been go. seven weeks of free agency. Fast, Furious, Shohei Otani, $700 million over here. Yankees trading for Juan Soto over there. Royals picking up players. The Twins have lost Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, Emilio Pagan, Andrew Stevenson, and Tyler Malley to new teams. Michael A. Taylor also remains a free agent, so he's gone. Donovan Solano gone. And incoming, bringing in the Twins to replace those players. Here we go. Bring them on in. The list is nobody, nobody so nobody. Remain calm. We're gonna stand pat. Nobody yet. We're <laughs> gonna stand pat.
1: Twins, watch our roster not so.
0: So yeah, we're still waiting. And now that we're you know four days before Christmas here, this is usually the two-week window where baseball front offices piece out. So get, get ready for a, a January flurry of transactions. <laughs>
2: let's go. I did hear I did see flash here was the holiday party yesterday for the twins. so like I don't know like Falvey Levine okay. you put, you put the phones down for that one. are you still wheeling and dealing like do you have to run to your league off to your like uh, office in the event that like a trade comes in. What happens at the holiday party? Cocktails flow at those things? Exactly. Like, what, how does ooh, that could, work?
0: What'd you hear about like, that Dex? Probably a cash bar for this one just with all the financial issues the lack oh, yeah. of a TV deal? Yeah,
2: you know, there's no there's probably, no drink comps this year the for the for the twins holiday party. I don't think unfortunately. Be tough
0: so speaking of celebrations though byron buxton just turned 30 years old earlier this week on monday i believe what day is today thursday so he turned 30 years old on monday yep december 18th the twins former second overall pick in 2012 um Time flies man I mean it wasn't it wasn't all that long ago where he was oh, he's 21 22 he's had some injury issues but man he, he's yeah. he's still young he's 24 how does it land with you guys that Byron Buxton is now 30 years old
1: oh it lands really weird because i I remember I think I had, I was f- uh, fairly new at uh, 1500 ESPN at the time doing a show in the studio with uh, at the time Fox Sports North Dispatching people to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, if you recall, to show a Byron Buxton game That's right, down there. Because yeah. this Phenom was playing in an afternoon game, and we were all <laughs> going to get to see the future of the twins. Yes. And it feels like I've blinked and well, feels like I've blinked and he's 30, but probably more importantly and more sadly, um, has never paid off what we expected because. He's only played in, and this is still incredible, like to just to look at the baseball reference line, he has only played in 100 or more games once in his big league career.
0: Yeah, 140 games in 2017. And then his next largest totals are 92 tied. He, he had 92 in 2016 and 2022. And then 87 in 2019, 85 last year. With with you know a thirty nine oh, the pandemic year I guess he played thirty nine out of sixty games so he you missed a chunk there too but do you I do have a pecking order for you guys here in in a moment that I want to unveil but how would you contextualize Buxton's career to this point and how optimistic are you that I mean he's under contract for a handful more years that we are gonna see a year or two of like a fully realized, as healthy as can possibly be version. Do you still hold out that that internal
2: hope? Not at this point, especially now he's 30 years old and he's been in the big leagues for eight years. I mean, he has had every injury to every body part imaginable. He's had concussions. He's had a wrist. He's had just everything, lower body, upper body. Uh, I, I have, I've kind of given up that he's ever going to reach his ceiling. And I've also just kind of... Not stopped caring about him, because I do want to see him be successful. But we saw the Twins last year be successful without him. Like, it's always been the theory, and and I know when he plays, the Twins have historically had a better record when he plays versus when he doesn't play. But the Twins were just fine, mostly, without Byron Buxton last year. So I've given up that he's like the secret ingredient that pushes them over the top. If he can play, great. But I've kind of given up the fact of him being the savior of this franchise. Cause the guy just unfortunately can't stay healthy.
1: I hate to say it, but I feel like now, and he has signed through uh, his age 34 season in 2028. But I feel like now, if he ever does truly contribute for an entire year, it's almost gravy. Like I, like the ex. my, my expectations gone and, and it's, it's terrible because look, we've said this a thousand times. Nobody, in their right mind, thinks he's dogging it. Nobody's ever said, well, he doesn't really. You know, Marcus Davenport of the Vikings, right? We could talk about him and his want to play or not play. Byron Buxton's legit been hurt. Byron Buxton has now what I think is probably just a chronically bad knee. So I think if you ever get, let's say you get 145 from him someday or 140, it's gravy because, one, I don't think it's going to happen. But, two, if you expect that now, you're a fool. Like, you are a fool if you expect that he is suddenly, I mean, he's 30 years old. And the and I guess my question this is this, too. If you ever do get that year, just from games played, okay, what's the expectation? Because a lot of, of what he brought was this unbelievable speed for a guy in his 20s. And the last time I checked, once you turn 30, you don't get faster. You start yeah. to gear down.
0: You know what's crazy? He's only been caught stealing 10 times since he made his debut in 2015. Now he's not attempting, you know, seventy stolen base stamps, but he was he was nine nine for nine last year, six for six the year before. So even, and they're and they're not trying to get him; out they don't want him to like, you know, break his thumb or something sliding into second base. So they're right; they're not giving the green light. But right. yeah, to your point about if 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 at some point here in the next couple of years, because he's age wise, he's still in his prime for probably three more seasons. Now, does all the wear and tear and the surgeries, you know, is it possible that he's past his age prime, that his the way his body is molded, that his body clock is just moving faster? I guess we'll find out here. But if you take his last five years, so he really started clicking in 2019. That's when the power started really coming. He only played eighty seven games, but right. he had forty four extra base hits in eighty seven games, combination of home run power coming around and speed coming around. If you take the last five years when it really started to click offensively and you take his 162 game average, this is going to make you more sad than anything else. We're talking about 39 home runs per year, an additional 42 doubles and triples, 101 runs scored, just under 90 RBIs on average per 162 and just under 20 stolen bases on average with an OPS well over 800 and the best defense in center field. Like that that player is top 3 top 5 in the entire league. If you yeah. take Sh- like Shohei's a two-way player, take him put him over here like sure we'd be we'd be if you could do it for 162, we'd be talking about one we'd be talking about an MVP at some point. So it, make, it makes you think, and this is what uh, prompted my exercise of the the all-time twins what-if list. Oh, I love this. A pecking order of five here, where if you could turn back time, call a mulligan on a guy's injury-tattered career, or you know, whatever other reasons that player didn't pan out to the extent that you wanted him to, who would those players be? Sure. And... Uh, I'll start from five and work my way up for you guys. You can tell me if I'm leaving anyone off here egregiously, all right? Inspired by Byron Buxton, this pecking order. Number five is Kirby Puckett. Now, he's a Hall of Famer, so you could argue, wait a second, like, he made the Hall of Fame. Like, his career was was fully realized. But he was still only 35 years old when he woke up blind in one eye before the, I think it was the 1995, or no, it was before the 96 season. 96, yeah. Because that 96 lineup would have been Knobloch in his prime, Molitor as a 340 hitter, and then Kirby Puckett coming off of, Kirby Puckett was still one of the best players in baseball the year before he went blind. Mm -hmm. And so does he he go from being a, a perennial 300 hitter and an MVP candidate to just being nothing at age 35? He probably had three or four more really good years. Could he have made it, Five more to like age forty as a DH for the the new wave of twins. I 3, don't know hits too. three thousand hits. Yep, but it's just it's sad that he didn't get to play out the rest of the decade and sort of go out the way he wanted to. Because we'd yep. be talking about we're already talking about a Hall of Famer. I think we'd be talking about something
2: even even more with him. Very fair. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's fair. Yeah, it, it, it stinks because I don't really have any like memory of Kirby. Like, I was four when that happened, I think, when he retired. I was three and a half, going on four. And, obviously, I remember his Hall of Fame induction, and I remember his, obviously, his his passing. But I, like, have no conscious memory of Kirby Puckett. And I think even I would have, if you would have been able to play, like, into his late 90s, like, play into his late 30s, early 40s, I think I would have probably been able to see that. And I would have loved to have seen Kirby Puckett play.
1: He definitely, because he, he had moved to right. So, like, Phil said, I mean, he definitely could, could have then moved to DH eventually. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he probably would have milked it because he loved to play.
0: So he could he have probably played first base maybe too.
1: Yeah. So he plays till, I mean, just picking a age out, he probably plays till 40, 40 41, gets to 3,000 hits. So, yeah. yes. Cause, cause I don't think his, um, I don't think his ability to hit and reflexes were near done.
0: No. In fact, he, 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 he racked up 2,300 hits didn't step foot in the big leagues until he was 24, Yep, which isn't like that old, but a lot of guys who have 3000 hits started when they were 21 or 22 and then played till they were 40. So he entered at 24, exited at at 35 and still had 2,300 hits. He led the league four different times in hits, five different times. He had over 200 hits in a season and it, it, it's a shame because when you talk about players from that from that era, like the eighties and the nineties, you think of a lot of steroid guys, and you th- not you know, and there some questions about him even too, because he started hitting for power about year three. He couldn't hit it a was home a leg run. Kick, Phil. Leg kick. Yep.
1: It was a leg kick. Okay. Back we like
0: off. to we like to act like oh, like this era of rampant steroid use. No twins player, he, whatever. Can he watched Mel Ott steroids, <laughs> and decided I'm
1: going to incorporate the leg kick.
0: Yeah, but but Kirby is number five on my what if list. All right. Number four on this pecking order, Justin Morneau, mm-hmm. MVP in 2006. I think he finished second or third in MVP in 2008. He was the best hitter in baseball the first half of the 2010 season. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, like, just for fun, listeners, viewers, go look up his 2010 first three months, the first three months in target field. It was Justin Morneau, one, Albert Pujols, number two, in terms of best hitters in baseball. He had like he was batting like three sixty-five with an OPS well over 1,000. He was on pace for like 35 or 40 home runs, way over 100 RBIs, playing great, goal-glove caliber defensive first base. And then he takes a knee to the helmet on that slide in Toronto. He did play another six years after he missed the rest of the season with concussions played another six years, even won a batting title in Colorado mm-hmm. in the altitude, but he was never really the same player. Like he, he was professional enough and he could hit enough, but he never, he never hit 20 home runs again. You know, he just was kind of a shell of himself in some ways. And I'll never forget covering him in 2011 spring training. the The talk for him was literally like day by day. Can I emerge from my dark bedroom, see the sunlight and not get a headache today? Oh, and yeah, by the way, fun. I'm going to be playing in a Grapefruit League game too and try to put a glove on my hand and see. It was it was a really dark period for him. That became the, um, or or had been the Koski thing too. Like
1: these guys literally mm-hmm. had to go into dark rooms and stay there and then try and play baseball. And, mm-hmm. and it it um, impacted both of, of them. I think Morneau, without the concussions, is on the Hall of Fame ballot.
0: Boy. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he's on the ballot. Cause he was getting, that's the crazy thing. Like we didn't get to see his 2010 season play out. He was, he was already great, but then he was 29 years old. And sometimes hitters just like get to a new level when they're 27, 28, 29. Yep. He was, ab- so he was about to hit this crazy level, probably win another MVP. So that's two MVPs. And then does he continue playing at that level? He was 29 years old. Does he do it for like three more years? So does he get, you know, I don't know. Does he get to 400 homers? I mean, does he?
2: He had a 900 OPS from 06 to 10. If you repeat a 900 OPS into 2015 to that stretch, you're on the Hall of Fame ballot. Like one. Yep. 100%. There, there, there's no debate there.
0: Okay, number three, Miguel Sano. They literally made a documentary, a featured documentary, about his stardom as a teenager in the Dominican Republic. Look at this guy. This is going to be the next, you know, Miguel Cabrera, the next great player, and he showed major flashes, but... It's a different story. It wasn't like he got kneed in the head like Justin Morneau or woke up blind one day like Kirby Puckett. He just came every single year. He came to spring training or at some point was like 25 or 30 pounds heavier, couldn't stay healthy from that standpoint too, and he was out of pro baseball entirely by the age of 29. And I looked this up. So he he is back in, in professional baseball this winter in the Dominican Professional Winter League. He's batting 207 with virtually no power in the Dominican winter league at age 30 or whatever I think he's 30 Sabo- right now.
1: he he's the first one on on your list who yeah definitely sabotaged himself there's no other there's no way around it and my god nobody had more defenders oh. it's hilarious that a guy who you're going to talk about had a lot of people who bashed him for the sake of bashing him and Sano was like oh no you don't understand with the power and you guys don't understand and Miguel Sanoa, at the end of the day, has no one to blame but Miguel Sanoa, which is really, really too bad because he and Buxton came up as this oh my God, these two guys are going to lead this franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in their own way, both of them have been completely or were completely unable to do so.
0: Yep. Yep. So Miguel Sanoa. Um, number two, Francisco Liriano. Yeah. In 2006, Johan Santana won the Cy Young Award. For the second time in his career. He sh- it should have been his third straight, but I think it was Lavelle. Didn't Lavelle put someone else on his ballot in 2000? Or no. That was Pedro. Uh, Pedro. That was the Pedro thing. Uh, it was, it, I know what it was. It was Bartolo Colon won 20 games in 2005.
1: Oh, well, of course. So he had
0: more wins, games. but Johan had all the better, you right. know, ERA, strikeouts, all that stuff. Right. So he should he should have been his third, but... So that's great. So Johan, second Cy Young Award, probably should have been three in a row. And he wasn't even the best starting pitcher on his team in 2006. Because Liriano was the – and I haven't met anyone in 20 years that would argue this. Liriano was the better starting pitcher on that 2006 Twins team. Mm -hmm. Lights out, and he tears his UCL, undergoes surgery. He wound up pitching until he was 35 years old, pitched a few more years with the Twins. But he, he had a long career, and it was a good career, made a lot of money. But he was never anywhere near the same pitcher he was pre-surgery. Some of it was mental and confidence too. I remember talking to Rick Anderson when I covered the twins beat, just kind of asking about Frankie, and and they always talked about Frankie like he was a like a twelve year old in terms of like anxiety and just nervousness. And like he'd throw a ball and it would get hit for a home run, and then you'd be scared to throw a ball over the plate the rest of the game. And so physically not the same, mentally not the same, grinded out a good career but he's number two on my boy what if that dude just what if it's like seven years of dominance uh, and then he undergoes tommy john surgery right. what would his career have looked like
2: you know yeah yeah it was Absolutely. just a nasty nasty run from he had that epic start i think on base espn where it was astros and twins and it was clemens versus lariano mm-hmm. and i think lariano yeah. won the start like the twins won yeah. two to one and in this epic pitching duel between you know a future hall of famer and what should be a future hall of famer versus the next coming uh, of of one and Man, that is a that's probably the biggest what if of of my lifetime is that team and mostly Francis Galeriano.
1: Yeah. and that all stemmed from one one of the, if not the greatest one of the greatest trades that uh, Terry made. I mean that Giants trade. If you go back and look at that Giants trade for Przinsky, who but who? By the way, we could talk about it. What if if he stays here? But you know Joe Nathan, Liriano. oof. I mean heck, Boof Bonds, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's one of the most incredible trades and, and hauls. And, yeah, you are right. Francisco was incredible. In in fact, it's funny that that people refer to the fact that, that he no-hit the White Sox in that game that you covered, Phil, because, mm-hmm. like, that, that's one of the least impressive good things he did. Yeah, like, some was, of his dominance was unbelievable.
0: It was, it's funny. It, that game. It's one of the least dominant no-hitters in baseball history. So even no that mustard. one, it was like, oh, he threw a no-hitter, but uh, it's kind of weird. He walked, but there he were walked other the games where it's and... like,
1: oh, my God, this guy's stuff is special.
0: Yep. And then number one on this pecking order, the Twins What If pecking order. By the way, I took Buxton out of this. Like, Buxton's obviously here. So maybe Buxton's number one. But I took him out because we already talked about him. Number one for me is Joe Maurer for two reasons. Now, the first and obvious one is, okay, after 2013, when he was a multi-time batting champion, he was a like a 315, 320 career hitter. He got the foul tips and the and the the concussion stuff, and it had to it moved him off catcher at the age of thirty, mm-hmm. and he became a really good defensive first baseman. But the like his bat was never the same after the concussions in uh, 2013. I mean, he literally went from being a four hundred on base guy and a three twenty hitter who would lead the league in you know OBP doubles, whatever, to just, yeah. just kind of being a guy. So what yeah. would his age 31 through like age 37 have looked like if not for just the toll that catching took but even like if you could go further back Mm -hmm. Bryce Harper was the number one pick in Washington he was a catcher in high school and they said "Uh uh-uh we see that bat that's a golden swing obviously he would have been the best catcher in baseball but his offensive productivity his body everything would have eroded very quickly so they just instantly moved him to the outfield and said focus on offense and be a good corner outfielder. Yep. I think Joe was athletic enough to maybe play like third base or something too, like an even more valuable position. He was one of the great catchers. He might get in first ballot based on some of the ballots we're seeing come out here. But the toll and the beating that catching took on, and, and by the way, he's like six foot five too. You don't see six foot five mm-hmm. catchers. It's just to be crouching. and, But he did it for almost a decade
1: Fantastic at it too. That's the thing about it. Like I, yeah. I, continue to say this. He is a Hall of Fame catcher. There is no debate. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say about him. He is a Hall of Fame catcher. Like some of the plays that that play that I think it was in Yankee Stadium remains one of the greatest things I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it is. It's the yeah. You can go find if you haven't seen that play. Go find it on just just literally go to YouTube and type in Joe Mauer. You know, Yankees Kings. defensive play or whatever. Yep, but. I, my question is, I agree. He, I think he winds up getting in now, especially we're, we're seeing, maybe if not this year, next year. Would he have been a Hall of Fame third baseman? Would he have been a Hall of Fame right fielder with a cannon for an arm? Like oh, Bryce yeah. Harper is going to be.
2: Yeah,
1: I think so. Like him. And you can always look. The one thing that I don't think would change, especially after the move to target field, was the power was never going to be what the size predicted. So, like, there were always going to be critics there, right? But I think if you put him at third base and right field, you know what? I think this is not a debate. If the concussions hadn't become an issue and he had just moved to first base because he was getting old. Yeah. like, like and, I think, and, if he and, was, his,
0: and his offense just kind of stuck at, around the same level.
1: Look at yeah. Morneau to a lesser d- degree as far as t- in terms of talent, although he's a very good player. Koski and Maurer. Look at what concussions do. They sap you. They literally sap you. They sap you of the fun. They sap you of the, like, think about all three of those guys before they had the concussion problem and after. They were different players. Yeah. Like, there's no, and and it's not like some fluke of, oh, that's just odd. No, they all had the same problem, which is a sensitivity to light. Like, imagine trying to play baseball. I don't care who you are. Imagine trying to play a sport, which is arguably the toughest thing to do in sports, which is to hit a baseball. Um and you have a sensitivity to light. Yeah, it's, yep.
0: I mean, it's the same, you know, we sit here with Justin Morneau and kind of talk about, wow, concussions, look what they did to his career. Uh, with Joe, it was not only concussions, it was back, it was hips. It's all this sort of core soreness that he had, yep. knee problems, and he, and he pretty much never talked about it. So that, that, that's, I would say, honorable mention, Tony Oliva with a knee injury, wiping out a full season and then kind of diminishing his abilities in his early 30s. Yep, but uh, and Buxton obviously, but Maurer, Liriano, Sano, Morno, and Puckett on the what if list.
1: I've got two 1980s candidates. One, John Castino, who would have been the second baseman on the '87 World Series team. He started his career. He was co Rookie of the Year with Alfredo Griffin of the Blue Jays in '79 moved to second back problems completely screwed up his career and he had to eventually retire i think not too long after the twins moved into the metrodome yeah. john castino who was a fantastic player the other one because he would have stayed here now he would have blocked pocket so it would be interesting to see but i'm sure that it could have been worked out st. cloud's own jimmy eisenright oh man fantastic man. hitter mm-hmm. great, great ball guy. player and the Tourettes just He still played, but, I mean, he would have stayed here and been a hometown hero, and that kid could hit.
0: Yep. No, those are good ones. If we're missing any, hit us up in the uh, YouTube comments section on the Scorn Twin Show here. Let us know who else would be on your what-if twins list. Let's do a quick Ram Twin of the Week here, gentlemen, where it is my turn to throw out clues to you guys. Very tightly contested battle here in the 22 all-time random twins of the week. I have eight points you guys are tied at seven points. So one of you will tie for the lead here when this is all said and done. Right. The most recent random twins are CJ Crone, Delman Young, Emilio Pagan, Matthew Lecroy, Drew Butera, and Dave Winfield. Declan currently on a two game winning streak, and three out of the last four contests have gone to Declan. So, okay. Here we go. You guys get up to three strikes each. If you hit the third strike, you're out. That's what happened to me on Purple Daily today. just got over aggressive there. Mm. All right. Okay. No cheating. This no cheating. random twin is a one-time All-Star. One All-Star game. This random twin spent his entire career in the American League. All right. I got to guess. Mark Redmond... Mark Redmond. Marlins. He did, he did go the to the, the one-time All-Star. Phil
1: loves that one. Mm-hmm. I was very go suspicious because you love the representing the Kansas City Royals pitcher, Mark Redmond.
0: <laughs> this right. random twin has been spotted several times hanging out with Patrick Mahomes.
2: This Patrick random
1: Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, the Twins pitcher, or the son?
0: Ooh, the that's son. a good question.
1: Well, you know Patrick what? Patrick Mahomes Jr. He's a kid. He's still a kid, Dax.
0: I'm going to answer that question by saying both.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: This okay. random twin... This
1: guy didn't spend his career in the American League. Okay. Drew
0: more walks than strikeouts in his major league hitting career.
1: Glad I didn't guess.
0: This random, this random twin played in one thousand seven hundred forty-seven career Major League Baseball games. It's getting serious now.
1: No, the guy was
0: a One-time All-Star. One-time All-Star. This random twin was a 17th round draft pick who wound up, in addition to playing 1,700 career major league games, once finished second in MVP voting. And that happened in a year that he wasn't an all-star.
1: i trying to think of guys who played their entire career in the American League. Because everyone I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Ryan's rejects. That's where I'm at right now. Ryan's rejects. Oh, okay. guys Ryan's rejects. Off. Guys, he spun off. But
0: This random twin had Damn. 37 career stolen bases. And 165 career ground into double plays.
2: Oh, my God.
1: No, he played in Cincinnati.
0: (laughs) This random twin was an integral part of the Major League Baseball Players Association's push to get rid of stirrups. Quote from this random twin. I'm thankful for future generations of players that they will not have to rummage through their lockers. Twenty okay. minutes before first pitch to find those stirrups.
1: I love if the, stirrups. I screw love if this that's guy. my I lone
0: stirrups. contribution to the screw game, him. I have done enough. All right, I don't like this guy now.
1: I love stirrups, and he hangs out with the Mahomeses
0: because Latroy
1: is—and this is not a guess—but Latroy, who obviously played National League, is Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback's godfather. Um.
2: Oh, my God.
0: This random twin made $20 million in his Major League Baseball career. (sighs) This random twin has two World Series rings. No, he didn't
1: play in the National League.
0: This random twin wore two different numbers in his career. actually two different numbers with the twins. I can go that far too. Hold on.
2: I'm going to take no. Yeah, I'm going to take a guess. Go ahead. Ch- Chili Davis? Chili Davis. I love that guess. Mm-hmm. That's a great
0: guess. It's a fantastic guess. Hold but on, this random so- this random twin was teammates with Chili Davis. Uh, yeah, it's You're this random twin yeah. Go ahead, sorry. served as an unofficial consultant for the for the movie Little Big League.
2: Oh, we did this. We this was part of our review. Oh.
0: <laughs> this random twin. Played twenty-four postseason games in his career, all of them with the Minnesota Twins.
1: Oh, I love this. I love where you're going with this.
0: In fact, um, the only team he ever played for was the Minnesota Twins.
2: Bruno, Tom Bernanski?
0: Declan gets one Car- more guess. He played for the ah, Cardinals. Judd game. is down <laughs> Judd is down one strike. Declan has two strikes. This no. random twin. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking oh. through. I'm
1: thinking through who's playing in that era. No, he didn't. He spent his entire career here. All right, Kent Herbeck.
0: John whispered it, but he, he did. <laughs> I think, or one of you did. One of you whispered it. Yeah. Let's get Herbeck. Herbeck's been. Is he with the Mahomeses? He was teammates with Patrick Mahomes. You were but the Patrick, one who. You were the one who. Uh, Pat, his his name yeah. is Patrick Mahomes, senior. I said he's. I, my, the clue was, yeah. spent a lot of time hanging out with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He was teammates. All right. Yep. Yeah. With I, I Patrick thinking, Mahomes. Yeah, no, I screwed up.
1: I should
0: have gotten that. That's an. In- tell me where I told a lie. Where did I tell inex- a lie? No,
1: I'm mad at myself. It's an inexcusable <laughs> beat. It's an inexcusable <laughs> beat because I was going to say Herbeck, and then I'm like, but if that doesn't make any sense. But yeah.
0: Oh, there it is. Jacqueline tied for the lead. What a hot streak for the Dang, here. Of, here. Let's fuck. go. That was inexcusable. All right, we got to go. I know you guys have to record some uh, some purple access we with our guy go. Tyler Fornis So we got tons of content today and tomorrow across. The Score North family of podcasts. This has been another episode of the Score North Twin Show.